Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 35 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm titling it Obsess Much, uh, because this is kind of just me talking about one game in particular that I've talked about on the show before, but I can't stop obsessing about it. So with, uh, without any further ado, let me get into the show and just tell you guys it's probably going to be a little bit boring because it's probably talking about stuff we've already talked about before because, again, I'm getting kind of obsessed with this one game that I've kind of been uh, talking about on the show uh, again and again, and uh, that game is Sekiro. And the reason why I'm obsessed about it lately is because I've been looking up more and more about the game. Not just the, um, not just like where to get things. You know, it's a game of secrets. You definitely have to explore. Sometimes I get stuck and I don't understand where to go. Um, but I've been looking up a lot of the uh, kind of, there's a lot of YouTubers uh, that contribute to, uh, you know, lore videos and explanation videos and stuff. And I basically went down a rabbit hole this wet last week and I looked up uh, Sekiro um, and stuff like that. Um, but, I, you know, I need to remember to do this before I start an episode. So if you want to write to me, go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. That's gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Drop me a line. I checked before the show. Uh, there was no mail, which is not really a big deal. Uh, I don't have a, a big footprint, but I just want to keep putting that out there. Or this episode is being uh, recorded on Sunday night, and uh, it'll post Monday morning at www.gamingwithgrief.com. Uh, you can go there and hear me talk about uh, how things are going. Yeah, you know, I talk about basically, there's a thumbnail of the episode. You can leave a comment. Uh, if you want me to read it over the show, I will. If you don't, I won't. So, um, yeah. So without further ado, I guess I should formally start the show, which I kind of already did, and just tell you that Sekiro has become somewhat of an obsession. Uh, I've just been picking kind of at the edges of the game. I've gotten farther and farther along. I've beaten more and more bosses. Um, and it, it, just the atmosphere of that game, I still think Bloodborne from that is a from software game as well has great atmosphere but uh there is something about uh Sekiro uh the fact that it's based off folklore and everything's just slightly off that really gets to me um you know that kind of stuff I really love and uh just the fact that you can I I feel like um there was sections in Bloodborne and a little bit of Demon Soul well I mean I I completed Demon Souls a little bit of Dark Souls that I played where you do feel kind of like you're beating your head against the wall, you know, and you don't know where to go, you don't know what to do, and I have to look at a walkthrough. I've done that a little bit with Sekiro, but there's this sense of pushing forward in Sekiro that I don't see in the other games, um, not just with enemies, but the actual, um, you know, the environments. Uh, everything is, in most from software games, I haven't played all of them, uh, everything is kind of interconnected, you will get to a farther section of the game and you'll be able to look over and see the um, you know the first beginning area of the game and it's really awe-inspiring but uh, this one you just keep pushing deeper and deeper into like this horrible place that is you're trying to 
you know, there's a plot I've talked about before you're trying to fix in a way. And um, I figured things out organically, which made me feel really smart in a game. And that really doesn't happen a lot. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess I could keep singing its praises, but if you could check it out, it's on every platform. It's on Xbox, it's on PC even, it's on PS4. Uh, check out Sekiro. Um, and the next thing I want to talk about uh, is this, again, I'm calling this episode Obsessed Much because this may seem like a repeat, but I've just fallen down this rabbit hole where I've worked a really kind of strange schedule where I've worked days tonight's today's um i guess i wasn't done with that i thought it was but i'm not and uh, i've been playing uh, tetris 99 a lot and i've noticed how they've changed their progression up uh which is really interesting where you get the uh you get tickets for doing uh challenges so when you log in to the game the challenges will be you know get rid of 10 garbage lines in tetris or get five eliminations uh in a game and you think, oh, that's easy. Not so much, no. But what you do is you... Excuse me. You get these tickets. You save them. And then that's how you unlock different themes. And I think I went over this uh, before. But I'm really getting into the, you know, I get two tickets a day. And I think if I bought offline modes, I think I get more tickets. But it's not about that. It's about me trying to... Uh, get as many tickets as possible to two tickets a day uh, in probably three or four games. So I'm not spending hours and hours playing the game. I'm trying to get the tickets. I'm trying to bounce. I really like the game. Um, amazingly enough, you know, it came out, I want to say like mid last year, and people are still playing the game. You know, it's Tetris. But every time I log in, I quickly find a game. I quickly admit it. There's no waiting times. Maybe I have to wait about 90 seconds for a match to start. But that's really not that much time. So it's amazing to me how this stuff just keeps growing and growing and growing. And, uh, you know, hats off to Nintendo and uh, the people who developed Tetris 99. It's uh, It kind of blows my mind how much they can take that original idea and just stretch it out. So, yeah. The next thing I want to talk about is um, I talked to a friend of mine and we're actually going to sit down and we're going to play Borderlands 3 after I'm finished with this and editing it and all that. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. We haven't played in a while, and I never, you know, it's. I've said it before, but I don't think about this game when I'm not playing it. But the moment my friends mention or friend mentions, "Hey, let's get on and play Borderlands 3," I start to get really psyched. Yes, I want to spend time with my friend uh, and play with him and talk to him and see what's going on. But I think it's just that idea of it's compelling. You know, the gameplay, the loop, the shooting, all that is really compelling. You get loot. That's really compelling, but it's more compelling. And I know I talked about this last week, but I just thought about it a lot this week. And it is just more compelling with friends to log in, you know? I don't think this game, I would have given it a second thought if it wasn't for the people that I'm playing it with. Um, And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to sitting down with him and just, you know, trouncing these guys. It's going to be great. Uh, Just killing nothing but digital creatures. Some of them are bugs. Some of them are people. Everyone is sarcastic. Uh, when my friend's playing, I love it. So, yeah. The next thing I want to talk about is Dragon Age. Now, I know I've talked about the Dragon Age campaign. I've been doing my friends. That's fine. I'm not going to talk more about that. I've been doing that. That's great. I think um, what I talk about more is um, kind of like the world around a game. You know, like when, a, when does a game spawn uh, a world? 
you know, you could say that. Actually, you know, that's probably the wrong way to say it. Maybe it's more trans media, which is, I think, a terrible buzzword, but actually does a good job in describing what's happening. So, man, you know, when a game becomes popular, there's books, comics, uh, animated things, and that's happened to Dragon Age. And the more I've been playing the pen and paper, the more I want to read about the lore, uh, the more I want to read the pen and paper role-playing book to see what lore they pulled out to create the game and set the world and obviously in my world i'm trying to set a timeline so how do i change that timeline compared to what i want the players to do i think all that is really fascinating you know um and dragon age is a really dark dark game and so you know there is things about death in the game and to me that is amazing um and uh it's amazing that you can kind of not like I, I guess it is it's kind of amazing that the people that w- live in the game kind of understand that it's a, be- a bleak place you know and that at any moment something terrible can happen and uh, that kind of makes me feel I don't know a little bit better I think a lot of games try to say that you know it isn't as bad it isn't this it isn't that but like at least in dragon as you know kind of what you're getting into uh when it happens so you know the type of world you know the people uh obviously that has to do with your dm setting a tone or your game master setting a tone so you have to figure out yes this is what we're doing this is the tone we're setting but i've tried to set that tone and tell people this is a horrible game you know this is a place that you guys are living in this is what's happening. And it seems like, um, I don't know if it was because the players had uh, some barley wine, but one of the players was like, man, you you know, it's really good, the tone. At least he was in the fade, uh, which is like the dream world. I think I explained that. And he said, this is really good. You know, it's the tone is really good. Um, another player told me that if he was running the campaign, uh, I think I mentioned this last podcast, that we would all be dead. And I told him, well, you're really trying to tell these people stories. You're not trying to tell them, uh, you know, you're not trying to kill the characters off. I I don't think that should. uh, I told him this, too. There was a YouTube video I was looking at. I was just surfing YouTube. And there's this video about it was like, you know, Dungeon Master guides for, you know, from the experts. And I don't I don't know what, you know, the experts. I'm not throwing shade on those people. I just don't see if there's a council. Is there a council of Dungeon Masters? I'm not sure. Uh, Long story short. Uh, you you know I'm trying to tell a good story and trying to make it basically a saga of these characters and what they're going through. And I told him, you know, you guys are level 15 now. Um, the idea is that when you're level 20, your characters have retired because there's absolutely no point in playing after 20. Your characters are demigods. There's no reason for them to keep adventuring. So it seems like uh, this session we had, we had one today. Uh, it was a little bit shorter. It was more exposition to set up some things for some stuff to come. Uh, the next one should be, I think, more action-packed. I think a lot of us didn't have enough time. It's Sunday. We usually game on Saturday, so we have a little bit more time. Um, you know, I have to get up very early for work. I think they do as well. So it was just setting things up, but it was really good. So I'm looking forward to what's happening next in the campaign and how people respond. So, yeah, it was good. Um, the next op topic thing I want to talk about is I've been reading uh, the Division novel called Broken Dawn. 
uh, I want to say it's by Alex Irvin. Came out, I think, a year ago around the release of The Division 2. Um, and it's a fictional book about The Division, uh, bridging the gaps between the first game and the second game. Uh, and I like it. I like uh, the characters are good. I've only met probably three main characters, really. Uh, one of the agents, uh, someone else who's kind of neutral, and uh, the agent's daughter. And um, I just like it. They show their mental state. They talk a little bit about the Directive 51, which is one of the conceits of the game, which is they do not have a boss. In fact, uh, when the agent goes back to HQ, he's talking with another agent and says, you know, I'm in New York right now. I really want to go to D.C. My kids are there. And the agent explicitly tells him the other agent says, well, I can't tell you what to do, uh, you know, because that's how this works. But we need your help. So he has to decide what he wants to do. Does he want to help the agents or does he want to go see his kids? Um, and I'm, I don't want to ruin his choice uh, or ruin it for people that want to read it. But I think it's interesting that they talk about the difference between, you know, a regular military personnel and the agents. I thought it was really good. So I'm looking forward to reading the rest of it. I think I'm about 100 pages in. It's about 300 pages, 350 pages. Um, I don't know. I know there was like a weird tie-in book um, that was uh, came out around the first game, and it was more of kind of a meta book where you're reading a survival log, and it was a printed book of what you found digitally in the game. So it's just a hard copy of the digital things and scraps of the book pages you found in the game, but you put it together. There was things written in the margin. You find the author, kind of find out what happens to her. Um, but now he, the author of the book, uh, the digital and physical book that you can buy, which I bought called uh, The Collapse of New York, um, who's written in these margins. She's a character in the new novel. So it's good. I like it. Um, yeah, and, and I, I want to see where it goes. You know, she's on her way to Michigan. It kind of paints a picture that everything has kind of gone to hell. But the weather has changed, so at least it's not cold anymore. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens, uh, you know, for the rest of the novel and see kind of where it goes and the characters introduced. I think it's set up really well. And I think it'll it's, it's very riveting so far. I think it'll be really good. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it this week. I've just been... Diving deeper into the games uh, that I've been playing before. And I've still been playing The Outer Wilds. I'm taking notes. Um, and again, I'm going to do a deep dive into that. And that is going to be a full spoiler discussion. It's probably going to be in the next three weeks. I think next week um, I'm going to have my wife on because she's been playing some games I kind of want to know about. I've been looking over her shoulder, um, but it's a little bit fuzzy. So I want her to talk about the games she's been playing. And we'll talk about uh, you know kind of what we've been playing together. Um, yeah, because we played Division together every once in a while. Um, but, uh, yeah. So it's a short episode this week, guys. Sorry. I've just been diving deep into the games uh, that I've still been playing that you've heard me talk about for weeks and weeks and weeks. But, uh, again, uh, this is recording Sunday. This will hit Monday morning uh, on the 20th um, on www.gamingwithgrief. You can leave a comment below. I will read it if you want me to. I will not read it if you don't. Uh, or go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, uh, drop me a line, um, You know, let me know what you think of the show, ask me a question. Uh, again, I'll read that over the show uh, if you want me to. If you don't, that's fine. And uh, I think with that, guys, I will let you go, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.